Listening to the coffee hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. It is. It, it's Corona tide, right? It's a yes, season it of uh, of COVID. <laughs> um, I don't know how many times a, a week we mention that, but while everyone is probably <laughs> likely to be home, um, maybe you're home a lot these days. Maybe you're maybe you're working a lot because you're an essential worker. Or, regardless, there are a lot of people who are probably going to be spending more time at home. How do you make the most of that time? How do you redeem that time? Um, there are so many ways to do that. Maybe it's taking up a hobby. What are your hobbies? We're going to talk with some of our friends about their hobbies that they've been carrying on some for many years. So we're going to have some conversations in this series on hobbies about that. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin for supporting the coffee hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live Uncommon. Joining us today, the Reverend William Swirla, pastor at Holy Trinity Lutheran Church in Hacienda Heights, regular guest here on several programs on KFUO. Pastor Swirla, thanks for joining us on the coffee hour today. Uh, great to be here. You confused me uh, with saying you, you said it was Corona time, so I dropped a wedge of lime into my cup of coffee. It's, it's, just, it's just a total mess here. So but... It's Corona Tide, just like we have corona Even tide. tide and Christmas oh, Tide. Oh, corona tide. tide. Oh, it's a Tide. How long does the season go? That's what oh, We're not know. sure yet. We don't yeah, know. This, this is like Lent that never ends. It's, it's, it's... Uh, according to everyone else, it's unprecedented. So, uh... Yes. Oh, it's precedented. <laughs> you know, we, we, you know, the world has done this before. Unprecedented. Exactly. Before us for us in our narrow exactly. little worldview yes absolutely it's true. so i think most recently I, I saw a mug that said i miss precedented times and uh, <laughs> thought that was amusing yeah. well, well pa pastor swirlo we're I, I follow you on facebook so i see some of the cool things you share and uh, like um the rest of us you share pictures of food but not just any kind of food uh you you bake bread and i want to learn more about your is it a hobby or is this, or are you secretly like a professional baker on the side selling your bread all over? Um, no, you don't want to be a professional baker. They, they don't live very long. It, that's, a, that's a hard <laughs> way of life. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, respect where, the baker. <laughs> where did your interest in bread baking begin? Because it's uh, bread is what I see all the time uh, on Facebook. Where did this interest in bread baking begin? Yeah, this uh, I think, uh, thinking back on it, I think it started in 2013. I'm not sure why. And and uh, I, I had done it before, way before in my early adult life. Um, and then I, I kind of gave it up for a while and I gave up cooking. I, I used to do a lot of cooking too because my wife's such a good cook. You know, why bother? You know, it's just, just kind of just hang out and let her do her thing. But then uh, her work situation changed, and, and so I got back in the kitchen again. And I don't know, I just got this itch to make bread, and uh, I broke out one of my mom's recipes and really failed miserably. It was a total disaster. <laughs> and then I got this this book. Um, it's called It was called Artisan Bread for, in Five Minutes a Day or something like that. So I call it bucket bread, where you just make a dough in a big bucket, and you stick it in the fridge, and you just take out a glob and bake it whenever you want. But you don't need hmm. it. It's, an, it's a no-need technique, which has become kind of like fashionable. And so I started messing with that, and it was, it was pretty good. And uh, that got me back into dough and got me back into bread. And I never do anything halfway, and I never do anything easy. So once I get into something, <laughs> then I have to take it to, like, the highest level I can possibly take it. 
uh, until I get so frustrated I quit. <laughs> but uh, but this is kind of stuck. I've done this for for going on. It's I think in my eighth year of bread making, and uh, and it's not a hobby it, any more than you would call cooking dinner a hobby. Uh, I consider myself a home baker or home bread maker. I don't bake um, cakes and pies and, and that sort of thing. That's my wife's domain, cookies. Uh, but if it has yeast in it, then I'm interested. So uh, so I, I, do, I do the breads. But I bake about once a week or once every week to 10 days. We, we don't eat a lot. As you know, uh, eat too much bread and the scale doesn't like you. So, <laughs> and, and, you know, my blood sugar always kind of hovers at the sort of the hmm stage whenever I go to the doctor. So, you know, I try to kind of keep that to uh, a reasonable minimum. So I really only have bread only at breakfast. Uh, but, you know, I've learned creative ways of freezing it and uh, thawing it so it tastes fresh. And But I make it about once a week, once uh, every week or 10 days. And uh, I have about 20 breads that I've messed with, but I have about three or four that are go-to that I've kind of settled in that I really like making. So, yep. You, you say 20 different? How, I didn't know there were 20 different kinds of bread. Oh, Although 100. I can't eat bread because I, I can't eat grains. But... Mm -hmm. uh, uh, what what are these 20? Oh, I, I don't know if we have time for all 20. What are some of your favorite will, of the, will, of the 20? Them, no. no. So are you one of those people like whenever I put put a picture of bread up, uh, you know, it's, oh, I wish I could eat bread. You know, people do that. They they like they, they take something on Facebook and they, they immediately make it about their own narrative. You know, oh, yeah. it, it's like, I don't do that like, anymore. I used to. This is, this, is, this is my page. You put your health problems on your page and, you know. Uh, I, just, I just keep scrolling. That's, yeah, that's a right, key right. thing keep, in social media. Keep scrolling. Keep moving. <laughs> now, 20. Basically, bread is four simple ingredients. It's flour, water, yeast, and salt. That, that's, that's bread. And, um, and the yeast may be commercial thrown in or it may be naturally cultivated. Uh, it doesn't come from the air. People think it comes from the air. It doesn't. Uh, it comes from uh, usually the grain that it comes from the grain that's used to make your starter. Usually, whole rye has a lot of yeast that sticks to it. But uh, as as every grain, every fruit, everything's got yeast. That's why fermentation happens. But it doesn't come from the air. The bacteria come from the air, though, and that's what gives it its characteristic tang and local flavor. But um, but flour, water, salt, yeast, that's, that's bread. Everything else is additive. So, you know, you can throw in milk, you can throw in butter, you can throw in flavors, spices, things. And so that makes all your variations of bread. But all bread at its heart is flour, water, yeast, and salt. So we won't have to go into my 20 because they're all the same at, their heart, at the heart. So you don't need a lot of recipes. You just need a couple of methods and some techniques, and then you can go to town and just have fun. But I, my, my go-tos are a sourdough. It's a, it's kind of a, it's a very classic kind of sourdough that I've just recently kind of gotten a knack of. Um, I make bagels. Uh, I make a great one of our favorites at home is a semolina bread. Uh, it's an Italian. Uh, it's from the Puglia region of of Italy. And it's uh, called Pane Altamura in Italy, but I can't I can't use that because I don't have the proper designation to do that. So it's semolina bread, <laughs> but but it's it's yellow. It, it makes the best grilled cheese in the world. It's got a great crust. Uh, most of my breads are free form, so they're either a free form ball, a boule, or uh, the the longish kind of fat baguette called a batard. But um, I like them because there's better crust to those than panned. Panned is for sandwiches and PB&Js for kids, so we don't do that. 
I was just going to ask, what are your do's and don'ts? Like, what are the, the, uh, you know, how do you ruin a loaf of bread? Oh, there's, <laughs> let me count yeah, the there, ways. There, there are. I think Peter Reinhardt. Um, and I'll drop that name because people want to learn how to make bread. They should consult Peter Reinhardt uh, either on YouTube or one of his several books. Uh, he's a great bread teacher. Uh, and but but Reinhardt lists twelve steps in the the art of bread making. Most people talk about twelve steps. Um, in in and things can go wrong at any of those steps. Uh, I think the usual thing that happens with people is uh, they overproof, so that the the bread rises too much and then it collapses, and therefore you will make flat bread. You won't make you know that nice puffy thing with a nice open crumb that everybody likes. Uh, the other thing is people tend to underbake. Uh, the um, bread bread can go in an oven a lot longer than you think. And uh, in uh, in Europe, uh, where you still have the old school, you know, these bakeries, these bakers have been going at it for hundreds of years. Uh, people lined up early in the morning to get the first bake because the first bake was the hot oven. And it was, it looked like a meteorite, you know, I mean, this is, this is really, in fact, some of it was so dark, they actually had to, they had to knock off part of the crust because it wasn't edible. But the, the longer it bakes, the darker it gets, the more flavor, because there's not a lot of flavor in grain, you have to coax it. And that's where souring fermentation comes in. That's where baking, good hard bake comes in. By the way, uh, when you don't add fats and sugars and things, uh, you know, sweetbreads, uh, you bake at a lot higher temperature. I, I start at 500 degrees and so, and then let wow. it drop as it goes on. But uh, that gets your nice big rise and your full flavor. But there's no sugar in it and there's no egg or milk. If you put any of that in, you got to lower the temperature because the sugars will burn. So under baking and overproofing the two rookie mistakes. Do you have a most memorable uh, mess up? Oh yeah, yeah, my memorable mess up. It's my olive, <laughs> olive bread meteorite. Um, I, I had before I discovered that you can put a shaped loaf in the refrigerator. Yeah, and this is one of the, the new tricks. That's the, you know the, we don't make bread the way mom and grandma used to. You know, uh, so you can do cold fermentation. So yeast are still active at forty degrees in the fridge. Slow, they're sleepy, but you know they're kind of like me most days. And and so you get a nice long ferment, well-developed flavor, and a lot of control. You see, I can, I, like my sourdough takes three days to make, but it's not three days of work. It just runs in the background of my life. And so by the time you're ready to bake, the loaf is fully formed. It's in the fridge, and I can pull it anytime I'm ready to bake within reason. You know, you got about 36 hours to do that. Um, otherwise, you can have one dense pancake. You know, it's just not going to be any good. <laughs> but um, so having discovered that, um, I don't have to do the thing I used to do, and that is I'd, I'd form a dough in the afternoon, and then I'd bake in the evening after dinner. Big mistake, because I have a tendency to kind of nod off after dinner. And so I fell asleep on a bake. <laughs> and uh and you know and i have these timers that that will that they'll they'll raise the dead you know and i'm just i'm snoozing right through right and i slept right through the timer and fortunately the timer shows you how long you waited until you noticed the timer and turned it off so so a bake that should have gone for 40 minutes went for an hour and 40 minutes oh no 
and it, it this was dark this was a this was this was a what what's called a strong bake um but, but amazingly it was still moist in the center i learned how crust forms <laughs> you know <laughs> like the crust was about an inch thick but but actually like the old breads from the old world you scrape it off and uh it wasn't a bad bread so i learned something with that i learned to put the timer next to my head uh, if I bake at night. And secondly, that um, I'd been under baking because uh, there's a lot more latitude. So what I do now is I'll take it to a nice, nice dark color. You like to see all colors represented from dark brown to very light. And um, and then the last five minutes, just to give it that extra little knot of crust, I, uh, I turn the oven off, crack the door open, but leave the loaf in the oven for five minutes in a falling oven. And that just adds that little extra crunch to the the crust that's so good but nothing better than that kind of handmade artisan bread and once you start making bread you're totally spoiled for life because mm -hmm. the store-bought stuff mm -hmm. even the chain bakery stuff just not as not as good the only the only thing that is better would be um you know a small small operation artisan bakery um it's it's kind of hard to duplicate their ovens man now i've I'm hungry and want some really good bread. Oh, That's little, really little, helpful. Little tip, and and I I have firsthand. Of course, this is anecdotal, but this is the days of anecdotal medicine, isn't it? You know, um, uh -huh. the uh, uh, I I have a friend who uh, was getting allergic reactions, not not the, the not the quote unquote gluten problems that some people think they have or may actually have. But, but she was breaking out in hives whenever she ate bread. And so uh, we had dinner over there and I brought over a loaf of my sourdough and, and she was willing to do the guinea pig thing and give it a try. And so she, she ate several pieces of sourdough, no adverse reactions whatsoever. And uh, I'd heard this over and over and over again. You know, I'm not sure there's hard, hard science on this, but there's just a lot of people who say that they can digest uh, sourdough much more readily than than uh, breads that are rather quickly uh, raised and baked, and and I think it's mm -hmm. it's like you know fermentation itself is a cooking technique. Uh, you know, you, we ferment things; the, the fermentation process starts to break stuff down, and grain's not very digestible. You got to do stuff with it in order to to actually make it nutritious and edible, and more friendly, mm -hmm. <laughs> and friendly, yeah, it, it... but. But, you know, the yeast, and especially the bacteria, you got all these lactobacilli, you know, doing their thing. And they're breaking down the undigestibles. And, and I think it has a, a substantial effect on the digestibility of bread. So, so I'm, I'm a huge, huge fan of, of true sourdough. And that, that's, a, that's a bread that has been thinking about its existence for at least uh, 36 hours before you bake it. <laughs> We're learning about uh, baking bread from Pastor Sorla of Holy Trinity Lutheran Church in Hacienda Heights. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back from that break, we'll learn more about uh, his interest in baking bread. And uh, it sounds like maybe we might get some insights more on the science of baking bread as well. You're listening <laughs> to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. You're a miracle. You know that, right? A living, breathing, one-of-a-kind miracle. You were created to stand apart, to share your gifts in the service of others, 
to make an uncommon impact in a common world. And at Concordia University, it's our mission to help you do that, to live uncommon. To learn more about Concordia, go to cuw.edu. Welcome back to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. We are discussing baking bread with Pastor Swirl of Holy Trinity Lutheran Church, Hacienda Heights, California. Uh, Pastor, earlier you were sharing with us uh, your techniques for baking and the, the things that you've learned along the way that really make a good loaf of bread. And it really sounds like you have fully grasped the science on this. And, and then I realized that you have a background in chemistry. So that's probably why this is so, comes so naturally to you. That's right. Uh, what are the, what are some, some key tips for newbies, particularly to understand when it comes to the science of baking bread? I know there's an art to it as well. We'll talk about uh, expression and being creative and things like that. But a, a few more tips in terms of the science uh, to baking bread that, that those of us who might be new to baking bread would benefit from. Yeah, you know, I'm glad you mentioned the science background because uh, most bench chemists are also good cooks because it's, mm -hmm. it's exactly the same thing except, you know, in the lab it starts on fire and blows up. Usually, hopefully that doesn't happen at home. <laughs> Uh, but but the same the same idea you know precise measurements and attention to temperature and conditions and you know a um, lot of sciency people especially chemists uh, like to cook um, and baking is a very precise thing you know cooking you can be intuitive you don't have to use measuring spoons and you know you watch cooks go and they don't they don't measure stuff They're, they they know what a teaspoon of salt feels like in their fingers and that kind of thing. But with bread, uh, you have to weigh things out. You have to, and and that's one of the tips I would give is, uh, anybody wants to start, get a scale and learn to learn to bake by weight. Uh, there, there's, uh, and, 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 and use, use, uh, use God's system, uh, the metric system. Okay. Because, <laughs> because there's no sense in the, the English system makes no sense whatsoever. And when you stop and think about it, that, that a liter of water weighs one, one liter of water weighs one kilogram that, that, that tells you the divine hand is in there. Okay. You know, the, it's just, a, an, um, so, so when volume and weight agree, this is an amazing thing to me. You know, you can't do that in English. So, but but weigh weigh your ingredients. That that way you get extremely consistent results each time. You're you're always you're always at the same point each time. There's no guesswork. Um, but the science. Well, what was the question again? I drifted. Science of, of <laughs> tips for baking. newbies. Those tips are new for, oh, I just I just said one. Buy a scale. Um, <laughs> you know. Uh, the the other thing is I would I would learn with I, I would learn with some very simple uh, bread recipes that use commercial yeast. Uh, I like the dry instant. I think it was invented for bread machines, uh, mm. which is really that's an oxymoron right there. The the only machine you need is your your hands. In fact, I've given up the kitchen aid. I don't even use the mixer anymore because it tends to sort of beat the dough around. It doesn't really knead it. It just kind of spins it around the bowl. Um, and, and so I just make my breads, uh, in a, in a big plastic bowl with my hands and a scraper. That's the other thing you need. One of those white scrapers. You'll love these things. These, you can you scrape the kitchen countertop. You know, it, they're, it's like an extension of your hand, but you don't need a lot of equipment. Don't, don't, don't spend money. Just get a, get a scale though. And, and learn to learn to bake by weight. 
And so when you do that, then all your recipes aren't recipes, they're just formulae. So when people ask me, oh, what's your recipe for this bread? You know, I give them this cryptic um, flour 100, water 72, salt 2, uh, you know, and I just recited a basic bread formula. You know, I can I I made bread at a camp once without without having any notes or anything else. Uh, I, I had access to a really good kitchen, though. Um, but I didn't need any because I know the percentage or the, the ratio percentages of what bread is. So, so learn a little bread math. Uh, King Arthur Flower has great instructive videos on everything. And so kind of study that. But I wouldn't start with sourdough. Don't try to like do the tartine bakery thing from San Francisco. Yeah, it's cool. It's very wasteful and you'll be very frustrated and you, you know. But just start with the basic. That's why that artisan bread in, for, for, in five minutes a day, the five minute a day, no need people. That's a great place to start. And if you learn how to kind of stretch and fold your dough a little bit, just kind of get in there, get sticky. Don't be afraid of getting your hands dirty just a little bit. You get a better bread because bread should be kneaded a little bit, but not kneaded the way grandma did. You know, grandma was doing cardio at the same time she's <laughs> making bread. Don't. No, 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 no. The, the breads, modern breads are, have more water in them. And so the, the dough is looser. And like when you first handle it, you think this is too sticky, but you're not grabbing it. You're just kind of like gently tugging and pulling and, and stretching. And what you end up with is you get my, much nicer gluten development. Gluten's good, by the way, unless you have a, a problem. Gluten is a, it's a beautiful thing. Um, <laughs> There's the quote from today. Gluten is a beautiful <laughs> thing. <laughs> And bread math. Bread math sounds like a, a good thing to learn. Uh, bread math. <laughs> this... Yeah, bread. You can look it up. Look look up bread math. It's it it goes by the mistaken uh, label of percentage. But if you've studied any math and remembered it, that will throw you because you'll be act trying to do actual percentages. It's not. It's just the ratio of the weight of an ingredient per one hundred units of flour. And that's how they that's how they do the big batches in a bakery because they're going to dump in like two fifty pound bags of flour into this enormous Hobart mixer. Uh, they're not going to be measuring cups and leveling it. Believe me, you know <laughs> they, everything's by weight because it has to be. But that makes a much easier uh, system, consistent system. So if you never thought that you would ever use your math that you learned in grade school, this is your chance to use that math <laughs> by baking it bread. <laughs> it really is. It really, at least ratios. You ought to be able to do right. ratios in your head. Yeah, no, that's good. And it keeps the mind active as you get older, too. It's true. Um, it's true. You know, I, what are, I, I want to talk about bread as theology just for a oh, second. Go for you it. Know, bread is bread is bread. bread uh, Peter Reinhardt says bread is about transformation. And so you go from from flour to a dough, from a dough to a loaf, from loaf to bread, and and each one of these transformations, uh, there's a, there are amazing things that that go on. Um, I like to look at it as death and life, uh, because the grain has died and it's been ground up. Jesus said, you know, unless the grain dies, it cannot be fruitful. Um, the 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 farmer uh, sweat by the sweat of his brow, he produced that. The miller, you know, ground the grain. The yeast give up their life, you know. 
uh, in order to raise up the bread. Uh, Jesus told a parable about leaven, the kingdom being like leavened bread. Uh, and so, you know, there's a whole bread theology in the Bible, and that's always kind of running in the background when I think about that, because bread is, is, is such basic, fundamental food. And yet, uh, you know, Jesus himself identifies himself with bread. You know, I'm the bread of life, living bread come down from heaven. And so, you know, it for me that that's kind of that just adds to the the whole lure of the thing is is that it's it's theological as well and it's creative it's kind of like pottery you know you shape something stick it in the oven you have no idea what's going to come out and no control <laughs> i mean you know sometimes they blow up sometimes they don't rise sometimes they crack in weird places uh but that's that's the beauty of that and and really good artisanal bread is not a it's not a work of art you know it's it's meant to be <laughs> oh, another noob mistake. Do not cut hot bread unless they're rolls. If they're rolls, go for it, you know, whatever. But bread is always better an hour, hour and a half later. Let it cool down. Let the steam and the water kind of go to their proper places. Because if you cut a loaf of bread that's hot, all the steam escapes. That's moisture you have lost. And, mm. and you'll you'll have a crouton by the end of the day. So don't do that. Uh, but let it cool. patience, patience, let it cool. If you want warm bread, stick it back in the oven to warm it up, but let it cool. So what, what are some ways to be creative? You mentioned uh, the various different types of bread that you make. Uh, what are some of those ways to be creative and to try new and exciting things with that simple recipe? Um, usually bread creativity comes in two forms, shaping for one thing. Um, I'm not good at braiding. I can only braid three strands beyond that. It's, it's just a disaster. So, you know, like the, like the <laughs> Jewish festival bread, challah, uh, is, uh, sometimes they, those are layered breads. I mean, the, the, the masters of that are just fun to watch. Uh, they, they just, in fact, they, they, they'll just spin these things in the air and make these wonderful braids. Um, I make a, a, a an epiphany bread that's a, a crown. It's a braided crown, and then there's a nice uh, cream cheese filling in the middle. So mm. it's one of those one of my rare forays into enriched, sweet, fatty breads. But you know, you got to do that <laughs> once. You know, Christmas epiphany, why not, right? Or Easter is another time too. I make an Easter pasca. Um, but that's one one way to be creative is is with shaping. Um, there are all kinds of interesting shapes, uh, you know, the Italian fugace, where you lay out a, uh, you, you basically roll out the dough and then you cut slits into it and then you kind of bake it and it all kind of puffs up, it becomes like one humongous pretzel. And it's fun for parties because people, you know, just pull it apart and eat it with their hands. That, that's, that's fun. Another thing is stenciling. People will cut stencils and then using rice flour, uh, dust the top of the loaf, and so they create patterns. Or slashing, um, you have to slash bread, freeform bread, to tell it where to open, because otherwise it's going to find the weakest spot, which is usually some spot on the side, and it'll just blow out on the side, look horrible. So you have to slash it in order to control uh, the the oven spring, so it, it, it rises in the right direction. And some people are very creative. They take uh, they take a razor blade and they do these little micro slashes. And uh, uh, so people are amazing uh, at, at what they do. I don't go down that road. I just you know just I just want a nice functional loaf. Um, and then of course there's there's flavors. You know you can you can put anything into bread and call it a meal. Pizza is just a flat bread uh, with you know whatever you've got. That's how pizza got started. It was leftovers on top of a flatbread. So um, you know you can and you can roll stuff in 
to to dough and bake it and sometimes you know you just put things in and try your luck and see what happens <laughs> so, but for me the for me the joy is 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 just just having a uh, a decent loaf of daily bread or <laughs> a decent slice of daily bread that, don't eat a loaf oh i could eat don't all eat that. a loaf no no <laughs> we, we are all out of town or all out of town all out of time uh but yet there's so much more that i want to learn now so I want to learn more about baking bread. I've I've ventured into baking bread before, but seriously, not as uh, as as scientifically as as Pastor has. So uh, we are all out of time. Pastor Swirla, thank you so much for sharing with us your uh, story of baking bread as a home baker. You said it's not a hobby, but more as <laughs> consider yourself a home baker. Thanks so it's, much. It's a it's a way of life. Thanks for it's having me on. <laughs> Pastor Swirla of Holy Trinity Lutheran Church, Hacienda Heights, California. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support the Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere. Anywhere.